Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start. Okay, we are we are recording this uh, in the midst of, of holiday cheer. Uh, Sean, you drove an endless period of time to to your home. That is uh, correct. Made better by the fact that my brother and I purchased a literal gallon of barbecue sauce along the way. A gallon? Does that come in like the the milk? The it, the, the it was it was four separate one quart jars. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Max, you have a you have a journey uh, ahead of you, uh, you, but not quite as long. Is that exactly right? Are you going to be taking a, a a gallon of anything with you? Oh, I wish I had. I, I I wish I could go via Alabama to get home to my parents to get some barbecue sauce, <laughs> that would but that wouldn't a... make the most sense. But it'll take the so next alas, best thing, which is uh, um, either best foods mayonnaise or B and M baked beans. I, I will be bringing about a, a not quite a gallon of of local mead. <laughs> Because I'm a terrible person. Wait, <laughs> yeah, you should be sent Wait. to the wine cellar. What neighborhood of Cairo did you move to? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, you can you can also just uh, take a diversion into uh, to New Hampshire and get a gallon of of any alcohol you want for for very inexpensive. <laughs> well, comparatively inexpensive. Very true. Um, but no, I, I think that, uh, you know, I believe this is, we're coming out on um, Christmas Eve. So for those of you who celebrate that, uh, enjoy. For those of you who don't celebrate, you, you probably have the day off. So that's that's good too. Um, and then there's Christmas, but the real holiday I want to, I think we're going to talk about today. Max, what do you think of when you think of Boxing Day? Boxing Day. Um, I have some, I just think of like a party, I guess, parties. Um, I have, I grew up with like friends, um, who would just have boxing day parties. So that's, that's wild. Are you friends with a lot of British, uh, working class people? Is that? Yeah. 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 They're all British. Yeah. They live in, in in my hometown, but there's a lot of, a lot of British folks in there. Um, and some of them are good friends. They have boxing day parties. Yeah. Is, is there anything specific about boxing day parties as someone who has never been to one myself? Not that I can think of. No. Just. Just drinking and merriment, the the continuation. I mean, that's kind of yeah. and and I actually mentioned it last week, but uh, you know, the Christmas season used to be much longer. I mentioned reading Sir Gowan and the Green Knight. Um, it, Christmas season historically was was very long, and I think you read about that in a lot of also old old school English literature. Um, so yeah, keep the party going. But the thing I want to talk about this week is is you know, fast forward to today. Um, I would say that. Boxing Day, and, and Sean, I think you're going to back me up here a little bit, is the greatest sports day in the world currently. Well, uh, I'm not going to back you up on that because that's a ludicrous claim. But it is a wonderful it is a wonderful day for football. Not American football. Uh, not, not. Real, uh, real football. Uh, yeah, f- English, football played with feet. English football specifically. Um, yeah. Boxing Day is historically a a huge day for uh what we know as soccer uh in the the former countries of the British Empire and uh I a few years ago uh 
I, I had the the good fortune of of being in England uh, around this time of year. I, alas, oh. I didn't get to see a game on Boxing Day, but uh, I did I did see a uh, a game at Stamford Bridge between uh, our two respective favorite clubs, um, your your Chelsea and my Liverpool, uh, that did not did not go quite how my boys hoped. Um, it was not the infamous Stevie G slip game, but it was that same season, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um, and just that that atmosphere. I mean, that's a, a group of people that really loves their football, and yeah. just that time of year. You know, I think everyone's enthusiasm for life really kind of spills into the stadium. Yeah, and, and I think that's right. It's uh, part of the reason why I like it a lot is. Um, there, the enthusiasm is there, uh, and and also Sean, I believe you looked us up. I definitely did. But how many? So between I think it's Friday, December twenty first, and then January fourth. How many games will be played? Uh, I didn't look up the total number of games played, but I believe on average teams are playing something like four games in that time. Yes, there will be. So Max, for context, over the course of fourteen days. Um, and usually these teams play the, their league games once a week. They will be playing 40 total matches in 14 days, which does average out to to uh, four games in 14 days. So there is a – in this holiday festive season when a lot of people are hanging out with family and everything else, um, now who watches uh, – Football in, in the U.K. is, is up for debate. But um, it's a lot of people and – their teams are playing four times over two weeks. Um, so yeah, that, that enthusiasm there and it's, it's really cool. And it does culminate on boxing day where everyone is playing. So it's like a, it's like if every year, you know, well, every year the NFL does play, but the, the nice thing about this is whereas the NFL is kind of in at the end of the season right now, this is basically the dead center of their season. And so you've got the narratives flying around um, all at once. It's kind of like if every NFL. It's kind of like if there was a full NFL week on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, or even a little bit before that. Where uh, I mean, this sure. This no, is... I'm not talking about in terms of like where we sit in the season, oh, but yeah. I'm talking about in terms of the whole the whole league is at play. You know, mm-hmm. essentially on Boxing Day. Oh, so I don't just have to watch the Lions and the Cowboys. Exactly. Oh, no, that's pretty good. Yeah, and and I, I think that. I think that one of the biggest matches isn't the Liverpool and Manchester City uh, match going to be on. Is that the January third game, Sean? It it is. So yeah. I, I was looking at the. I was actually looking at the uh, the the schedule on Wednesday on the twenty sixth, and I'm not particularly impressed with it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, vaguely intrigued by Fulham and Wolverhampton, but those teams are not doing particularly well. Um, you could watch sudden, uh, sudden inexplicable losers. Man City play Leicester. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the best game is probably going to be, uh, I guess, Chelsea Watford. Yeah, that's a little that's, that's interesting. S- so that gets into uh, I think when you say interesting, one thing that I enjoy a lot about watching this now, Max, for clarification purposes, have you ever watched a Premier League game? 
like consciously. Uh, I know no. that one has. I know that games have been on in your presence before because I was there when it happened. Um, yeah, you were the and one I think that put them br- on. Yeah, and I think your brother was there too, and in, in uh, uh, Max, and he was intrigued. But I think all, all sports intrigue him. Uh, you know, tiddly links. He he might even be in on. Um, but uh, the Chelsea Watford is is a is interesting because it speaks to even with Chelsea, which is you know one of the biggest clubs in in Europe, certainly the UK. Um, you have these. It's all very regional in a way that you don't necessarily get with I think the NFL as much as you do with say college football or even college basketball there are little rivalries between places um you know all over the map you know Everton playing Liverpool is the Merseyside are we going to say Derby or Derby which which Uh, we say well according to our our good friends the men in blazers we should we should go English and say Derby yeah so you have these these you know very regional fan bases and they have these little rivalries every london club has has a rivalry with every other london club be they the size of chelsea or the size of fulham that plays in a place that is called literally a cottage um <laughs> craving cottage so i think i think you know the mentioning um thanksgiving day and and that kind of festival around football and yeah the Packers and Lions have a rivalry but I would say that this you know you get even more kind of college basketball type rivalries like if Stony Brook Stony Brook plays Vermont and and you have you know those rivalries that are etched in stone from ions eons ago and no one really understands except the people that are at it but you can hear the enthusiasm in the crowd See, but at the same time, the only as I'm I'm looking at the full kind of the full fixture list for for that period from twelve twenty one to one three, and there there are arguably no no derbies. I mean, I, I don't know I don't know how people uh, in London feel about Arsenal Fulham, uh, but that's that's the only that's the only one that is kind of self-evidently a local rivalry you get you know you get some stuff with liverpool and manchester in the northwest but that's really historically been more liverpool and united mm-hmm. um and, and and not city liverpool and man city is shaping up to be the rivalry of the year because that game on january 3rd it seems like there's a good chance that it might decide the you know the championship um yeah. But what I'm the most intrigued by is that <clears throat> even without these kind of well-known rivalry matches, uh, you still wind up with really incredible results. I, I did, you know, I did some looking to see what various British publications thought of as the best Boxing Day matches of all time, and, and there's not a there's not a Manchester Derby, there's not a Merseyside Derby in the bunch. There, there's stuff like Chelsea Aston Villa. Um, there's there's an incredible, uh, an incredible Man United comeback against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, where where Eric Cantona scored an, an unbelievable goal at the end of the game to snatch back a point. Um, it's like a, a United Newcastle game. Like the we're we're getting the the thing that I love the most is that you know, and it's kind of. It's almost like the NCAA tournament in this way, even without these 
well-known rivalries, we get amazing, memorable results. And so that's really cool. Yeah, and I think that the tournament is the right thing to bring up because it is, unlike that where it's the end of the season, this is, and I think they've talked about this with the NBA before and it seems uh, silly or, or I forget who it was, but, you know, what if you put some kind of tournament in the middle of the season? Which in many ways, I feel like this is what it is. It it says, okay, we have these narratives set up. We have an idea of who's good this year and who's not. Who's in the middle, who's, who's one end or the other. And these four games in 14 days for these teams is really a, a heat check or a, you know, a chance to, to turn the tide a little bit. And I think that that, for me, that is the, the most unique aspect of this because no one else really has that. Now, this is, a, a, this is just scheduling. This is just how they do it. But it does function as almost like a mid-season tournament to say, okay, you know, this can put you out of range or this can bring you into range mm-hmm. if you're angling for a top four finish or something. I can't think of another example of, of a sport that does that. Yeah. <coughs> Going back to college basketball, you have your mid-season or your kind of early season tournaments uh, like Battle for Atlantis, uh, Wahoo Wah. Um, but those for the most part, you know, those don't necessarily do a ton to shape early season narratives that weren't kind of already in play. You get the, the Maui Invitational typically has, you know, some top flight teams and and gets you talking about Duke and Gonzaga. Uh, but you know, there's none, I don't know. It's, it's a little different because of the way that, you know, because of the way that you literally earn points for for winning or drawing matches yeah. uh where where every you know every game that you you know if you're man city every game that you drop a a surprising loss to crystal palace while liverpool gets the job done against wolves like that is a huge impact on the final season result yeah and because you know you mentioned result and it mattering max how much time do you think that you're going to uh, a lot for watching bowl games uh over the next oh couple weeks oh my god uh, maybe maybe 2 hours oh that's good yeah i, th- so I think so you must that... not be seeing your brother at all oh well over the next how many days <laughs> <laughs> i don't know from now through the through uh the the first which you know, the Rose Bowl people should yeah. watch just because the field's pretty. I don't um, really watch any of them, but I said two hours because I feel like at some point one of them will just be on the TV in front of me. Um, but I don't know when any of them are. I certainly won't be watching the Belk Bowl, and I don't know what any of the other ones are called. Who's playing in the Belk Bowl? Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, I, I do know that... Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the Belk Bowl is... It's interesting you mentioned that because... That, that is a game that just these you know these bull games are on and people watch them I understand there's a lot of advertising money going into them but they don't matter and they lose the school the schools for the most part lose money on these bull games I, I, I think it's a combination of how many seats they have to buy and everything else mm-hmm. and how much it costs to travel everybody there um, also all these all these students 
are uh, you know away from their families at holiday times and and they're not getting paid for it. Just just a, a helpful reminder. So these these games don't matter, and they're and they're a loser. Meanwhile, traveling well, these fans are in that joyous festive mode. And you know if you're a Watford fan, you go over to Stamford Bridge or, or vice versa, and you know you're celebrating with people, and it, it's not that bad. And it, it, these are games that matter. There are results from them. I mean, you have Will Greer, the quarterback at West Virginia, who's like. I'm not. I'm not playing in this game. It doesn't matter because it. It's, uh, you know, it can only hurt my stock. Whereas I mean, we talked you know, about that many moons ago when when yeah. you know Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey decided that they were going to skip their bowl games. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, if you're if you're bound for the NFL, if you're bound to to finally get paid, you know, above the table for for playing football. Like it's a no-brainer not to play in the holiday bowl. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. You know, and, and and even even a prestigious thing like the Rose Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, Greedy Williams from LSU is not playing because yeah. he is slated to be a likely top ten or who knows, maybe even top five pick, depending on how you know how the draft order shakes out and who values DBs. But you know it. It would be foolish to go and fuck up your money, you know, by getting hurt in a meaningless game that offers, you know, no glory and and no result for you and and lots of result for your school and the the people that are are, are profiting off of your name when you can't do that. But, you know, these are these Boxing Day players, they're, they're professionals. They're they're getting appropriately compensated for for their work and so they go out and they play their balls off and yeah. you know and it leads to really cool stuff happening and so i i don't know how much time i'm gonna have allotted to watching the slate of games on the nbc family of networks on wednesday but you know i'm i'm hoping to i'm hoping to snag a little bit of time because i i i'm really yeah. excited about it and i, I love I love that it's this tradition that everyone kind of looks uh, looks forward to. So, yeah, and and one one more thing, I think that the maybe a better analog is actually the now Max. What about Christmas Day basketball? Is that something that that you do? I know you mentioned that you're going to be driving on on Christmas Day probably. Every year, I really look forward to that. Do you watch the Christmas Day basketball games? Um, yeah, I think they're usually on, but I don't know yeah. that I tend to put that much um attention to them because I, I don't i don't follow much of the nba besides celtics and the celtics yeah malcolm brogdon no <laughs> uh and and and, jo- and part of the uva uh 40 50 90 club uh well actually joe harris's free throws are pretty not good this year yeah um but I think that that is maybe the better analog because the NBA does put a lot of effort in saying these games really matter. They're high profile. Yeah, but they're actually, lying. So so they have <laughs> they have the the opposite I think of the Premier League in a way, which is that they have the uh, they have the matchups looking looking good and they're intriguing matchups. Save the Knicks, but the Knicks ha- the Knicks are the Lions of Christmas Day. Um, they have the matchups, but it's just a combination of uh, it's too early in the season. Still, it's it's really like, hey, keep in mind the the NBA has been playing for two months. Welcome back. Um, and and also December games honestly don't matter very much. It's not the middle of the year and going, 
oh, you know, are the Warriors really well, going to no. be dropped to a four seed or are they going to be a number one seed, stuff like that? No no one game matters at, at, yeah. in the NBA. It's it's an 82-game season. It's like it's baseball. It's a regular season game. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, just purely in terms of... Uh, pure, purely in terms of the... Um, uh, like the impact, the percentage of your of the season that they are, uh, a Premier League game is one hundred and seventeen percent more of your like. It's it's more than twice as big a fraction of the season as a one NBA game is. That that's what I was trying right. to say, yeah. and and that's um, kind of what I was gonna gonna say too with regards to that is like when you're comparing it to. I would say American, the big four American sports. Yeah, football is the only one where each game really matters. Like hockey, right. baseball, and basketball all have these series where it's like, oh, you lost a game, like whatever, you're gonna play more. And even in their even in their playoffs, they play series. And then so, you compound it with a point system that means, you know, in, in the NFL or in all of the American, or actually not hockey, but in football, baseball, basketball. Uh, one win counts one more than one loss. Uh, you know, a win is three points in in the Premier League, so it's a big deal. Like winning winning a game, the difference between winning a game and you know and drawing a game or winning a game and losing a game is huge in terms of the final season calculus. Yeah, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, for me, I, I I don't know. I look really forward to Boxing Day. I actually have the um, a game on in the background right now. Um, these are on in the morning, and Max, I, I think if if nothing else, these are logistically very nice. They're compact. They're two hours. They're no more. Well, they're but that's really a, well, that's a tough thing for him. Well, yeah, I'll be at work <laughs> on Wednesday. Oh, well, there's also that. You should, why is the other tough thing? <laughs> morning. You, you know why. <laughs> Because I'd be sleeping? Well, yes. If I didn't have work, I'd be sleeping. So they also have games on at like 11 and 1230. I know the one that's on right now started at 11. You say that like that's not still a potential consideration. (laughs) I was about to say, actually, because I'm at work, I'll be awake. So it might make even more sense. Um, (laughs) No one else will be at work. It's a great great excuse to, especially on Boxing Day, make some punch. Have some punch in the morning, or a hot toddy while you're while you're at work, um, or a buttered rum. I think that's more more English. I don't know what be, be the warm English beverage to have, but it's it's a perfect reason to get up earlier and and drink and watch uh, an exciting sport. I, I think maybe that a mold wine. Is it a mold wine or your mead? Uh, if if you really I, want to dive into that, um, I think that takes us full circle. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, get get some mead, get some mold wine, and go watch. Premier League on Boxing Day if you have the day off, and if you don't, you know, bring in your mead to share with your coworkers. This is easy. There you, you go. Can do that at nine PM with the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you have thoughts on Boxing Day football, uh, come check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know what you think. And we move now to a Christmas time edition of Pierce is sorry. And uh, what are you apologizing for this week, man? Uh, so I had a note on my where I keep all my I'm sorry's, and uh, it is from the weekend, Sean, which I think is the last time I visited Charlottesville, um, and and we went to a a a bar that will not be named. We, no, and, we didn't. 
Yeah. <laughs> and there may or may not have been dancing by a number of people in their mid to late 20s. But, no, there wasn't. Uh, I, 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 there, there, there wasn't. Um, that's not what I'm apologizing for. I'm apologizing for the following morning at a lovely Airbnb in Troy, Virginia. Um, I uh, was laughing hysterically because I tried to, to roll slash fold a mattress and let me tell you that this is something that you just shouldn't do when you've had any amount to drink the evening before because nothing is more painful than trying to roll the mattress and failing when trying to put it back into the closet where it's supposed to go uh, than, than hungover mattress rolling. So I apologize for, for doing this, not just to myself, but to the other people who were waiting to leave the Airbnb as I did this. And I was just laughing hysterically as I tried to put my full body weight over it to like roll it and then falling backwards flat on my back as as the mattress fought back and so i'm laughing and most people are just staring like why is he laughing he's just failing at folding a mattress so um the moral of that story is just just jam it in the closet don't don't fold your mattress at at airbnbs um, so it's not worth your time so i'm incredibly confused by this was was your mattress like your B&B of the air variety? No, it was it was like a, it was almost more like a mattress topper but kind of thick um and and foam, but it said, you know, roll this and it had those bungee cords. And so I'm trying to roll it and the mattress just did not want to be rolled. It was like, "Hey, please don't put me in this unnatural state." Like anyone else, you don't want to be shoved into a dark closet for an unknown period of time with straps around you. It's like, "Let me be free." And I totally get it. And that's, so maybe that's I should, what we should also take from this. Mattresses I should also too. Yes, and I know we're not supposed to anthropomorphize things, but let's anthropomorphize this mattress and say, "I totally get you, person or mattress." Uh, no one wants to be jammed into a closet in a natural state, so I'm sorry, Mattress. What just happened? Merry Christmas from the Pretty Okay. <laughs> oh my god, that was wild. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll we'll close the show, I, I guess, uh, if my brain can start working again uh, with a series of big ideas from pop culture. Uh, I have a lot this week. One uh, was unplanned before today, and it's... Uh, Max, can you hold up for the listeners to this audio podcast, the vessel out of which you are drinking? Oh. Why, yes, that is indeed a <laughs> Nicholas Cage's Shrek coffee mug. I don't know why I, I made the picture bigger so that I could see that. I, I don't know why I you didn't notice it this. before. He's held it up I like noticed, four times. <laughs> yeah, well, I had the tiny picture, so I couldn't see that Got it was Nicolas Cage's yeah. face. And You just I thought it was a Shrek it. mug, and you were like, I, I don't understand why this is. And then you made the picture bigger, and you said, oh, I get it now. Uh, one is appropriate to what we talked about today, which is that uh, during my uh, insanely long car ride, I read Encyclopedia Blazertanica. It's oh. wonderful. Oh. Uh, which is how I, I knew that our, our, our homies, the men in blazers, suggest that you should go English and say Darby. Uh, but yeah. it, was, it was a delightful read. It was quick. It's not more than 200 pages. Uh, and it's, it's humorous. But there, it also, you know, it contains a lot of kind of history and, and understanding of Raj and Devo and the story of how they met. Uh, which I, I'm 
I'm really glad I was able to experience that. So uh, definitely, definitely worth checking out if you are interested in soccer at all. Um, but the the real thing that I was planning to talk about this week before I read that or saw Max's mug uh, was when was the last time either of you thought Adam Sandler was legitimately funny? Uh, what you, uh, when was the time that I ever thought Adam Sandler was funny? 2002. Okay. Uh, I will say that I enjoyed funny people, but not because he was funny. And I don't know that I've ever, I don't like comedy anyways. This is a bad question right. to ask. For me, probably when I was like, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe 14. Okay. Um, trying to think of when, like, so that's Lil well Mickey after 2002. Was... Huh? That's well after yeah. 2002. True. Um, Are you going to reference his stand-up? I am. Uh, Adam Sandler has a a stand-up special, a new special on Netflix called 100% Fresh. And it's it's not uproariously funny, but I was was impressed. He has a a really good sense of humor, um, and and he he does the thing where... You know, a, a lot of his bits are kind of little short songs that end in an unexpected way. And, and I enjoyed that. It's it's one of those specials similar to, uh, I know Chris Rock has done specials like this where it's shot at several different performances in different places. So they kind of cut back and forth between places. His jacket changes, what guitar he plays changes. Um, but I'm actually not, uh, the, the real thing that I want to celebrate is... That he he did a really moving, beautiful, sad tribute song to Chris Farley. Oh, um, and you know, I I'm kind of with both of you that the last time I really thought Adam Sandler was funny was well before he was making shitty movies like Jack and Jill, or before he signed a big distribution deal with Netflix to make things like The Magnificent Six. Um. But Adam Sandler had never uh, accessed like the actual emotional recesses of me, um, and so it, it was all the more unexpected. Which kind of uh, it made the experience all the more beautiful to you know to hear to hear him sing about his love for his close friend and. You know, someone who I think everyone kind of said was one of the funniest people ever. So, uh, I think it's worth giving 100% Fresh a little bit of your time, even if it's just to scroll through to late in the show when he uh, sings that song and then kind of closes his act with a, a reworking of the song Grow Old With You from The Wedding Singer to be kind of like a tender song mm. about his wife. It's just it's really sweet. And, uh, you know... I, the Sandman surprised me, uh, yeah, and I didn't probably, think he could do that. Probably a better watch than the Bull Games for sure. So <laughs> consider it that way. Also, yes. I, I would I take that back. Adam Sandler I think was pretty funny on the the well the Cosby Show because um, I believe that's where he got his start. Actually, uh, I have not seen this, but I'm also not going to go watch the Cosby Show now. Yeah, I think you know why. You can't really watch that anymore. You really um, can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So. Uh, now that I've gotten vulnerable, uh, that is the end of the show. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever whatever you celebrate, 
hopefully you're listening to this as you get a chance to relax and take some time off work and spend it with people that you enjoy being around. Um, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can also get every episode of our show by subscribing to our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or pretty much anywhere else that you get podcasts. If you do that, please do us a favor. Rate, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or if you have a friend who might be interested in what we're doing, tell them about us. We'd love to share it with them as well. We will be back again in 2019, uh, as always, to uh, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Max. Thanks for listening.